I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Your voice, your vote, the 2020 count. In depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. We're obviously continuing to track uh, all things presidential, the race to 270. Uh, is getting closer and uh, getting more definitive as things go along, also becoming more uncertain and unclear (laughs) as we go along. And so we'll be uh, tracking that throughout the day today. Uh, Things have tightened just a little bit uh, as it relates to Georgia, uh, down to about 13,000 vote lead for President Trump over Joe Biden uh, in the state of Georgia. So we'll continue to track that one as it goes. Uh, Nevada continues to be quite close. And uh, we do know that uh, as of this morning, uh, there was a uh, a new lawsuit filed uh, by the Trump campaign committee uh, in the state of Nevada. So we're getting uh, new details there as they have filed that suit and uh, are uh, moving that forward there. We know there are already uh, lawsuits have been filed in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And uh, we'll continue to, to watch those play out just a little bit. But uh, let's let's start with kind of where we are. Uh, I think that's a a really important thing to look at as we're trying to figure all of this stuff out. Uh, in fact, it reminds me <clears throat> there was a uh, a critical debate in the United States Congress uh, way way back. Uh, uh, Daniel Webster was there, so you know how far back that goes. And but he made this interesting point that I think is is really critical for us to look at as we try to slice and dice everything that's going on as it relates to the race to two hundred and seventy. And Daniel Webster said this. He said, Mr. President, when the mariner has been tossed about for many days in thick weather on an unknown sea, he naturally avails himself of the first pause in the storm, the earliest glance of the sun, to take his latitude and ascertain where he is in relation to his desired course. Let us imitate this prudence, and before we float on the waves of this debate, refer to the point from which we departed that we may at least be able to conjecture where we now are. Uh, That's a pretty good rule for all of us. Before we uh, set out on uh, some stormy sea of debate, we should figure out where we are. 
And where we are uh, in the relate in the race to 270, uh, it really comes down to to just a few of those states. And let's let's try to eliminate many of the possibilities and get down to a few likely scenarios or possible scenarios that could play out. So currently, there are about 50,000 uncounted votes in Georgia. Uh, I think that uh, President Trump uh, will continue to hold on there. Uh, and that the remaining uncounted votes won't be uh, enough to put Joe Biden over the top. So I think uh, President Trump holds on to the state of Georgia. I think he also holds on in North Carolina. Uh, I think that the lawsuits relating to Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, there will be a recount in Wisconsin, uh, it looks like anyway. And, that, <clears throat> and this was about the, uh, the same uh, margin that President Trump won by. Uh, back in 2016. So while there will likely be a recount in Wisconsin, I don't think it's going to impact the results in Wisconsin. So if you leave Wisconsin and Michigan still in Joe Biden's camp, uh, then we we shift out west, uh, out our way to our neighbors, uh, to the south and to the west. And we look at Nevada and Arizona. Uh, those are the two uh, places where the president has to figure some combination there. If if Nevada and Arizona remain uh, in the current status, which is with Joe Biden in the lead, then that would be sufficient. That would give Joe Biden exactly 270 and all everything else would be pretty moot uh, at that point. Uh, Pennsylvania wouldn't really be a factor uh, in deciding it uh, if 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 Arizona and Nevada remain in the Joe Biden category. Uh, so that's the thing to watch today. I, I don't see Nevada changing. Again, they, the Trump uh, campaign committee has filed a lawsuit there. We'll get more specifics on that, on, on how that's going to play out or how that's going to impact the counting of the remaining ballots there. <clears throat> and it looks like most of those remaining ballots uh, are from right in Las Vegas, uh, a lot of the uh, union members there. So I, I can't see... Uh, President Trump closing the gap there. Uh, Arizona is a little less certain, in my view. Uh, while Joe Biden has had a pretty significant lead, it appears, it appears from what I'm hearing from people on the ground there, that a lot of the remaining ballots to be counted are those that were dropped off on Election Day. Uh, and uh, President Trump was winning those at a pretty high rate. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if somewhere between 290 and 350,000 votes still to count there. And it'll be interesting to see if any of those are significant enough to turn the table. Uh, now let's play out a scenario. Uh, remember, again, remember where we are. 270 is the number. And if if Arizona, if Arizona were to shift uh, into the Trump category, then we would come full circle. We'd be right back where we started on election eve talking about Pennsylvania and that the Keystone State would end up being the Keystone to 270. Uh, and if, uh, again, if Arizona were to shift, then that would be the case. All eyes would go back to Pennsylvania, the lawsuits that have already been filed there, and uh, that would ultimately uh, determine where things go next. Uh, and so those are sort of the scenarios that are out there. Uh, we've also got close scenarios, of course, closer to home here. The fourth congressional race is still up in the air. Uh, no one has uh, been declared the victor in that race yet. Uh, and it also uh, leads to some interesting questions, I think, in terms of uh, 
you know, how that all plays out. Many of us have been watching what's taking place in Georgia. We know that uh, one of the Senate races in Georgia uh, is going to go to a runoff because in Georgia, their law says that if no candidate gets to 50 percent of the vote plus one, then there is a runoff between the top two candidates. It's a, it's an interesting law, and uh, it's one worth thinking through. Uh, you kind of debate it back and forth. You know, if someone doesn't have at least half of the votes, uh, should they be selected as the one to lead? Uh, should you have to get better than fifty percent? Uh, we're seeing that again in the in this fourth congressional race. Uh, you've got uh, both Ben McAdams and Burgess Owens within about a point. Uh, just a couple thousand votes. But then you have two other candidates that were on the ballot. You have a Libertarian candidate and a United Utah Party candidate. And together, they're garnering about 5% of the vote. So the question then is, should there be a runoff? Should Ben McAdams and Burgess Owen have to go into a special runoff uh, so that somebody does get over 50%? It's an interesting thing to think through. Uh, some states have that requirement. Utah uh, clearly does not. Uh, but should that be the case? Should you be required to get over 50%? Uh, because, again, you you often have these smaller third-party candidates uh, who are not going to win the election, but they can certainly tilt the election. Uh, you can go back through the last several ones, just in the 4th District alone here in the state of Utah, and the third-party candidate did impact uh, the outcome of those races, even back to the Jim Matheson, Mia Love first round uh, fight through, which was, again, was only a couple thousand votes difference, uh, but you had a third party candidate that had well over three or 4,000 votes. So anyway, those are things that uh, we've got to think about and, and work through. Uh, but we're going to continue to watch the breaking news here. Uh, currently you've got Clark County, uh, Nevada. They are currently in the middle of a news conference talking about, uh, the vote and how they're counting the vote. Uh, and when some of those uh, numbers will continue to come out. And so we'll be tracking that here on KSL News Radio throughout the day. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, no matter who wins any of these elections, we still have important issues to solve and people to help. Find out what you can do next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.